The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should consider obtaining independent advice before making any financial decisions. Hi, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen Perro columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers podcast. Today we're catching up with Matthew Carr. Matt is Executive Director of Titan Minerals, which has established a beachhead in Ecuador and South America through the takeover of the Toronto-listed Core Gold. Titan is in good company in Ecuador, where the rewriting of mining laws has given mining groups the incentive to search for the big copper and gold deposits found on the country's lightly explored portion of the Andean belt. BHP, Newcrest, Fortescue, Gina Reinhardt and the Brisbane-based and London-listed success story Soul Gold are all active in Ecuador. Soul Gold, of course, is the junior which BHP and Newcrest are now both shareholders in on the strength of its Alpala discovery, last rated at 22 million ounces of gold and 11 million tonnes of copper. Titan's flagship project is Dynasty in southern Peru. It comes with a 2.1 million ounce foreign resource estimate and about 20 kilometres to the west is Copper Duke, a big gold rich and outcropping copper porphyry target. Titan trades under the code TTM, which is Tango Tango Mike, and it was last quoted at 7.8 cents. More on the company's South American push in a moment. First up, I'm going to say g'day to Matt and welcome him to the show. G'day, Matt, and thanks for your time today. Thanks, Barry. Good. All right. Now, before jumping in uh, to the company, can I get you to give us a bit of a feel for your background and uh, in the lead up to coming on board with the Titan uh, story and not forgetting, of course, your 160-plus games with uh, Frio and St Kilda? Yeah, look, I, I guess I came primarily from a, uh, initially a sporting background and spent um, 12 years in the AFL system. So along the journey, you, you meet some fantastic people. And I was very fortunate to, um, to have a, a fellow by the name of Jeff Hogan, who I spent a bit of time with here in Western Australia, who um, he, he had a large electrical company linked with all the mining companies and very much was a keen participant in the mining industry. Um, yeah, really successful West Australian businessman. So, look, he encouraged me to um, to get involved and, I guess, invest some money. Um, and he, he certainly had a strong belief in, you know, the opportunities that existed in Latin America. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, you know, I guess the relationship fostered and um, he encouraged me to sort of come onto the board. And, and what happened was Jeff actually died in his sleep two weeks after I'd initially invested some money in the, in a, I guess the, the main reason I, I participated was that one, I, you know, it made a lot of sense with, um, you know, we went and spent a month in Peru, but it made a lot of sense with what he uh, wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And for me also, stapling myself next to Jeff, I thought was, um, you know, going to be a fantastic learning curve. So I, what I didn't anticipate was, you know, Jeff passing away and um, I guess the learning curve was, was steep and had to be fast and, you had to get up the curve very, very quickly because doing business in this part of the world, um, it's you know certainly an interesting place. And um, look, all in all, absolutely stoked. Um, you know that uh, I 
I guess, initially invested the money in and um, I've continued to, um, I guess, learn a lot along the way that importantly, um, exactly the blueprint that Jeff had in terms of going after an A-grade quality asset that you, you're probably unable to find here in Australia has presented itself with the Dynasty Goldfield asset. So, yeah, you know, it's taken some work, but um, it's been a uh, it's been an interesting journey and one that's uh, you know certainly we're looking forward to the future. Right. Now it's uh, the takeover takeover of Core has been a bit of a grind, but it's pretty much in the final stages now. Uh, just broadly, what do, what does it mean to the future of Titan now? Yeah, look, I um, I guess. You know, in this game, you try and find people who are, you know, obviously really confident, um, smart, been in the industry for a long time. So uh, we went and got a number of different guys to go and do some due diligence on these particular assets. Mm-hmm. And and for us, um, so initially I got Laurie Marsland to go over independently and review the, review the assets. We then went and got Dr. Julian Barnes to go and do um, some consulting again and, and review the assets. And since then, we've had a number of different, you know, I guess analysts and geologists go and have a look at the Dynasty Goldfield, and um, you know, all of them came back and they said, "Look, not too often in your career do you get an opportunity to get an asset like this. It's it's been mismanaged and uh, misunderstood, and it just lacked capital that the group that that had it. So, you know, if you can get hold of it, it is it is a stunning asset and one that." Um, you know, I guess not many juniors will ever get an opportunity to work with. So, so for us, we fought really hard. We, it was, it was a very much a hostile takeover, which is difficult for a junior company of our size. And you know, there, I guess there was a group of dissident shareholders that thought, um, you know, that that they thought that the, I guess the value we were offering wasn't enough. Um, I guess what stood behind them was, you know, you had the Hong Kong listed group Xiaojin. Um, pushing quite hard to get hold of the dynasty asset. Uh, so, you know, we had, we had to work really hard, be smart and strategic. But now, now that we've got 91% of core gold um, looking to close out the second step to get to 100%, we know we've got an absolutely stunning asset that's um, going to serve all of us well over the coming two to three years. Mm. Now, uh, dynasty dynasty, however one prefers to announce it, is an interesting one for sure. Uh, I mentioned it's got that 2.1 million ounce foreign resource, and there's a, a small scale CIP plant. Um, what's what's the plan there in in coming months? Look, what we're what it is is you've got the 2.1 million ounces that sits on either end of a nine kilometre strike. So originally, what happened was they that you got two roads that come in either end of the strike. So back in 2008, they drilled. Um, drilled from either point and, and they drilled in about, you know, two and a half k's either side coming in and down to about 150 metres. So from surface down to 150, you've got, you know, you've got the 2.1 million ounces and you've still got four kilometres of strike right through the middle that has, hasn't been drilled. Uh, a lot of it has uh, been trenched and, you know, the mineralisation continues right the way through. So it's a, it's a, it's a meso thermal system so we think it runs deeper mm-hmm. um you've got twenty six thousand meters of drilling that's been complete the interesting thing was they never split and sampled that the, the core the drill core they, they really just sampled um veins that were greater than two meters so mm-hmm. 
yeah, when you go and look at this, look at this system, it's they're not so much veins, they're, they're mineralized structures. They're, they're huge. Like some of them, they range from two meters up to 16 meters, you know, running a kilometer in length. Uh, you know, it just needs the work in it, needs the money um, put into it. And, you know, we, we think the mineralization um, actually runs in between in between the veins. So because of the situation the company was in, they they actually opened up the first three veins. And as they opened up the first three, they discovered another uh, another eight veins just in that first pit. So the pit rent went down to about 70, 80 metres. They were sitting on a strip of five to one. Um, and, and the mineralisation was shown to be far more pervasive than what um, I guess any of the initial drilling had shown. So we think, you know, we think the resource grows in, in significant size, it, it'll um, it'll link up through the middle. We think it runs deeper, and we think um, you know there's evidence that suggests that the mineralisation there's halos around some of these veins, and the mineralisation runs in between. So we think it's a huge system. Um, it's one that obviously we're you know we can't wait to um, can't wait to start drilling. So we've got drill rigs starting mid mid April. We're, we're due to sign the contracts very very soon. Um, so uh, 12,000 metres will be, be done initially. Mm-hmm. We'll update to a job resource at the end of that and hopefully um, show some growth. And look, we think it's got the size and scale to be, to be really, really big. So we think once people understand why we fought so hard and what we have, um, it's going to get the attention of the market because it's not too often you, you have a, a project that has such size and scale. Mm. I guess some people have seen that oh, there's a small-scale CIP plant there. It's uh, just going to be a small gold show, but what you're doing here is stepping out and uh, we're all very much looking for the bigger picture. Yeah, look, the, the, the gold plant is actually was built for a nut. It's, it's part of the package of assets that we, we inherited. There's a, there's a mine that was on care and maintenance called Zaruma and that that plant was actually built for that so what they've been doing is trucking ore to the Portobello yeah. plant what we plan to do is cl- sl- slowly close that down um, we're going to divest the Zaruma mine and the Portobello plant we're in advanced negotiations with another group to buy that from us so we're really going to narrow the focus down and around the dynasty asset uh, and, and Copper Duke but in particular dynasty um, because Dynasty is going to command its own plant and it's going to be, you know, this, this mine will be 250,000 ounces a year type of mine over a long time. Um, so it's going to command its own plant on site. Uh, and, you know, it's, um, it's, a, it's mm. a plan initially is really about growing the size of the resource. Given the uh, scale of the uh, potential prize, is the intention to uh, carry it forward yourselves or would you be looking to uh, JV? with uh, people with deeper p- pockets, perhaps? No, we certainly won't, JV. We'll, we'll, we'll push through ourselves. Um, look, we've, we've got the uh, financing in place, um, you know, to be able to carry through until, you know, it's fully funded this first drill campaign. So, you know, look, we, we certainly won't be looking to joint venture. Um, we just think once we put the work in it, you put the technical capability to it, uh, you're going to get the attention of the marketplace, and you know we're not willing to joint venture out uh, any of those assets at this point. Um, we just think it's going to be too appealing 
um, for the shareholders and the market to, to put the work into it ourselves. Mm. The 12,000 metre drilling program, what's the time scale on that roughly? That'll occur through April, mid-April, so April, May, June and, and into July. Mm. Um, so that's that's the timing. And then we'll, we'll initially stop the drilling after that. We'll uh, upgrade the resource and put out a jaw compliant resource. And then we're, we're probably going to shift the ribs across and do about five or 6,000 metres at Copper Duke just to understand it a little bit and add some value. Mm. So the, the drilling program at Dynasty, will there be any extensional drilling or will largely be infilling to get that jaw uh, uh, compliant resource? Um, no, there will be extension and we'll, we, we will step out. So yeah, certainly there will be some infill, but uh, we will also step out further along strike. Okay. Now, Copper Duke uh, looks to be one that could excite as well. Uh, what's the story there? Early stage, um, unbelievable attention in the, in the marketplace in Canada. Everyone you speak to was, you know, they're all about Copper, you know, Copper Duke and, you know, one of the most exciting early stage porphyry plays, you know, multi porphyry opportunity in Ecuador. You know, the challenge that other companies had were, you know, I guess the share register was controlled by um, some guys that it was probably not easy for some of the big guys to try and get in and uh, get hold of this particular company. Mm -hmm. So it took some navigation and negotiation for us to be able to work this through to bring the opportunity into, into Titan. So all the big guys know about Copper Duke. Um, they're, you know, they're all reaching out to Laurie Marsland, our managing director, you know, wanting to discuss it. Um, but from, from our point of view at the moment, we just want to put a little bit of work into it. You had Ian Telfer, who's a well-known Canadian mining entrepreneur in a, in, a, in a much, much better market. But he he publicly came out and put a 50 mil CAD valuation on Copper Duke as an early stage. Now, we, we you can't hang your hat on any of that. We know that's, you know, it's just it's really... Um, just rubbish really but the point is you know the people are really excited about this particular project so you know for us we just want to put a bit, bit of work into it add some value understand what we're dealing with uh, and then we'll make some decisions on on that particular project um, down the so initially at least again advancing it on a wholly owned sort of basis rather than looking for a, a joint venture partner yeah absolutely yeah. Now, uh, yeah. one of the reasons it excites is uh, it's apparently uh, outcropping, out uh, which helps in porphyry targets, of course. Yeah, it is. It's uh, it's one of you know obviously you know when people are chasing a porphyry, they they can end up five six hundred meters down before they even touch the top of it. So for this, this sticks two hundred meters out of the ground. It's a you know it's a multi phase porphyry system. Um, you know, so for us, you, you can. Yeah, you can see it sticking out of the out of the ground. So, I think I think you know obviously that's what really excites the market is you is you're not hunting, um, you know, hundreds of meters underneath the surface to to see this thing. You're, you're coming in from from right from surface and, and drilling straight into it. So, initial work will be on uh, generating drill targets, and if that's the case, when do you expect to uh, possibly be drilling there? Yeah, look, we're going to fly some aeromagnetic surveys uh, around mid-year, uh, and then uh, obviously we'll, we'll continue. There's been some trench work that's been done. It'll continue, you know, that early stage work will continue to be done, uh, and then we we literally will swing the rigs straight across from when we finish at Dynasty 
across to um, across to Copper Duke and kick off that five or six thousand meters. So, you know, that probably starts in August, September, mm. and uh, kicks on through you know the next two months. Mm. And now I mentioned it was only uh, I think it's twenty kilometers east of uh, Dynasty. Um, What's the lay of the land there? Is 20 kilometres like 100 kilometres because of mountains or is it, uh, what's what's the topography? Easy to move around? Yeah, look, it is easy. And, and the interesting thing about Ecuador is that, you know, they've invested an enormous amount of money in their infrastructure in the country. So the airports, roads um, are all really of good quality. The, um, yeah, the 40% of the electricity is hydro. Uh, that, so getting from one project to the next is, it's not difficult, um, and, and certainly the topography. It's not like you're sitting, um, you know, on the side of these huge mountains. You, you probably, you know, you're probably two thousand meters above sea level, but um, you're very easy to cut in a in a drill pad and and kick off the drilling. So, you know, there's already uh, roads built into these concessions, so it's very easy for us to uh, mobilize on site to kick off the drilling. Um, it's, you know, I, I guess people ask, well, you know, why are these opportunities here? You know, you had back in the 70s and 80s, you had Ecuador and Peru, which I guess had their differences. So there was an exclusion zone um, 50 kilometres either side of the border. So projects like this have been isolated for, for decades. Mm. And then, yeah, had a moratorium on drilling from, two, from 2008 through to about 2012. Uh, and then the group that came in initially were just after high-grade veins. So that was their background. They, they, you know, they were hunting for, you know, just thin veins, high-grades. Mm. So for them, drilling assets like this wasn't what they do and wasn't their priority. And then there was another group that came in again that stepped in and put a little bit of money into the company. And it's, uh, you know, it's what, what happened was it... Um, you know, they've really just kicked the can down the, the road. They just didn't have the money to drill. So they've done, they just had done very little drilling on these assets over over five or six years. Mm. So, it's, it, you know, it's just a huge opportunity for us. Yeah, okay. Now, you mentioned uh, Laurie Marsland. What's uh, as uh, MD? I take it uh, he's over there uh, sorting things out. Uh, what's his technical background? Uh, he's a bit of an expert in the area. He, he is. He, look, he, he, he was one of the... Chief guys at Dundee, mm-hmm. Precious Metals. He he went into a company called Navin when it was uh, in some financial trouble that had some assets in Bulgaria, Chalapetch, and he uh, he worked to I guess turn those particular assets around with Dundee. Got Dundee involved um, to finance it, uh, and look, they they turned it into a into a top quality project, copper project. Laurie's got a history of turning, you know, I guess misunderstood assets around his work through south america we built first phase of yanacocha which was a huge yep. gold mine in uh, in peru so look he's got a bit of gray hair a lot of experience um really really good technical capability so he's the exact guy that you need for a project for projects like this to take it forward because you know what we're looking is give it 12 months mm. you know you tidy it up um, you know, you have all the technical data that's uh, of international standard and, and of the highest quality. And when people come to have a look at what you've done, uh, it ticks every box. And, and, you know, I think what's been done is just, you know, through the lack of capital, mm. they, um, 
you know, they just haven't had the money to put into it. And I think you've got to bear in mind, this, these particular, uh, the company that we took over did have a market cap at one stage of $490 million Canadian. So um, the market um, the market recognised its value, but what happened was they they'd spent $70 million US on on the plant and uh, an underground mine at Zaruma, which was a different project. Mm-hmm. And when they went underground, basically it flooded. And, um, you know, that's what, that's basically what put them into, into administration initially. And when the, when the second group came in, so it had been a bit of a tough road for these guys just because of, um, another project, but the, the opportunity is, is, this, you know, obviously the stunning project we picked up with Dynasty that that's one that, um, we think uh, will serve as well. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned the uh, the 400 million plus market cap of the uh, previous owners there, because I wasn't going to have a stab at Titan's uh, market cap in the earlier introduction, given the the squip nature of the uh, core takeover. So, what's a what's a rough yeah. market cap at to today's market price for the company? Uh, look, we're sitting around 65 right. million. Now, now you know you look at what I guess Jiao Jin were trying to buy, and they were trying to buy the Dynasty asset for you know the best part of um, the best part of eighty million mm. CAD. So you know, and they were leaving the company with Copper Duke, Linderos, uh, Jerusalem. So we look at it and we think you know the sum of many parts. Um, there's some real divestment opportunities to monetize the assets that um, are non-core mm. for us. And then and, and put that capital into the project. So, you know, you will see us um, sell some of the assets, and we've been inundated with requests and meetings for some of these assets that are not a priority. Yep. Uh, and we will look to monetize those assets to bring the capital in. And I think you know that probably the first cab off the rank will be the Zaruma mine and care and maintenance and the Porto Bello mill. Mm-hmm. Those two will will go and be monetized and. Um, we're, we're confident of striking a you know a really good deal for our company. Okay. So just in uh, summary, if you could uh, give uh, investors an idea of the uh, coming news flow in the next uh, twelve months or so. Yeah. Look, I, I think um, you know the key levers uh, moving ahead will be kicking off the drilling in mid-April, uh, pushing out the first twelve thousand meters. Um, we've got reassaying of the 26,000 metres of drill core. Uh, as mentioned before, of that drill core, they never split and sampled. Uh, they never sampled anything over two, a vein over anything under two metres. So we think with mineralisation that sits between, that sits in the host rock and sits between the veins and the mineralised structures. So we're going to update the market on, I guess, that reassay. Mm-hmm. Through the takeover, the company has its own drill rig and drilled 40 holes, so about 3,000 metres of drilling. We've now got hold of that drill core, so we're, we're uh, logging and, um, and cutting and, and looking to start um, sending off samples to one of the international labs. So we're doing an assessment on that. So, so again, more news around, uh, I guess, the, the, the grade and mineralisation that we see within, within those, that drill core. Uh, aeromagnetic work is going to be flowing mid-year. Um, you're going to see divestment of assets and monetizing of assets, uh, and then you're going to see an upgraded job resource out in you know towards the, the end of the third quarter. And 
you know, and we think, you know, from there it becomes a, a really, really interesting story for, for people globally to be involved in because you're going to have a have the technical data uh, at the standard that the international community are looking for. So there we go. A fascinating, interesting story. Uh, one being watched, I'm sure, closely by the ASX market and the Canadian market. Um, now, before you go, um, coronavirus allowing, I'll be at the uh, first game of the season and being a Bombers fan, I was just wondering how do you think they'll go up against Frio? Yeah, the Bombers are interesting. They, uh, I actually, look, John Worsfold seems to cop a little bit of criticism in, in Melbourne, but I think given where the Bombers were at when he first took them over, I think he's probably mm. done a reasonable job. There's no doubt, uh, you know, there was some pressure on him and there's a transition year um, with this being his last year at, at Essendon. So, look, I expect the Bombers to have a good year. Um they're going to be tough to beat in round one by Fremantle. Fremantle are already young, so mm. uh, they've got a few injuries. You know, new coaching staff, um, new game plan. So, look, I think it's. I think if I was a betting man, I'd be backing the Bombers in round one. I, I will be. Uh, bombers by six. <laughs> All righty, Matt. Well, thanks for your time today, and uh, good no luck, uh, luck with it all. It's a fascinating story. Good stuff. Cheers, mate. No worries, Mary. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate your time.